Today's show is sponsored by OrcaCoors.com. Now, normally I would tell you to go there and I'd tell you to use bourbon and all that, but until the 15th, the whole site is 20% off. So go to OrcaCoors.com, get those roto-molded coors that keep ice for days, get the barrel, get the chaser teeny, get all the good things, the chasers, the coffee mugs, everything at OrcaCoors.com is 20% off until the 15th. Go there now. The other awesome thing I want to tell you all about is as of the 10th, Picks Packs are out. So I've been working on, you know, the Get Picks app. It's a great place to go. Share what you're drinking, share your tasting notes. It's crowdsourcing all the tasting notes together. There are now Picks Packs. I've been working on this with them. There's three blind samples that come in a pack. There's QR codes. You do your tasting. You could see what other people said about the whiskey that you're drinking. And then once you do all that stuff, it reveals to you what you were drinking. So it is awesome. You know how much we love blind tastings here at dad's drinking bourbon go to pickshop.com get a picks pack even if you want to gift it or you want to hone your own skills you want to see how you're doing with blind tasting how you're doing with tasting period just go to pickshop download the app get a picks pack try it for yourself it's a whole lot of fun Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edward. Zeke Baker is on assignment, but together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us part of your day. It is a special day today. We have Mike Ryan from Big Stick Bourbon. I think it's Semper Fi Brands. I could have that wrong, but he's about to correct me as soon as I introduce him. But Mike Ryan is on. We're going to talk about Big Stick Bourbon. It is bourbon with a big stick in it. There is a big stave in there when you look at it. There, there is a pourer. The bottle's pretty cool. It's a long, skinny bottle. And then it's actually got a pour worked into it. I got to ask him when he comes in, is it because we don't want the stave to fall out? There's a lot of questions here and Mike's going to answer them. So without further ado, Mike, thank you. Welcome to Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Thank you, John. Pleasure to be here tonight. Um, It's great to talk to you. I think we're going to have a lot of fun and uh, hopefully learn a lot about bourbon and and what goes into making bourbon. what uh, I hope your you and your listeners think is a world-class bourbon. Well, we can't wait to hear about you and your brand and all that fun stuff. So tell us your story. I know you're an engineer and I, I got right. that because I read your website, but uh, <laughs> tell me a little bit about you and what got you into this in the first place. So so years ago, we moved into this bigger home and this is not a, a screenshot. This is actually a real bar behind me. We moved into a much bigger home. We've got several children. We're expanding. We needed a, a larger place. And the lady that was leaving was downsizing. She called my wife and said, well, um, my husband left. He's got about 100 whiskey bottles. Can we just leave them behind? Wait, because what? We're moving to a much smaller place and we, we can't. We don't have room to, to, you know, to keep that. So I said, uh, gee, uh, twist my arm. Okay, leave them behind. Wait, 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 wait. I have so many questions. Don't, don't gloss over this fact. So like, okay. what was in there? Was it like shit whiskey or was it like some good, good stuff? It was it was all different kinds all over the world. Uh, snake wine from China, uh, some scotches, some bourbons, some. It's just a mix. He was a uh, an, an oil executive. We're out of Houston, Texas, you know, and so it was a mix of stuff. It was all nice. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't thousand dollar bottles, but it wasn't. $20 stuff either. Like, were there some rare, maybe hard to find ones? I mean, I'm sure there's like makers and stuff like that, but like, you know, did he, did he move it himself up? Like, 
Is there a bottle of Pappy hiding in there because he's a big oil executive? If there was, I wouldn't tell you. But but no, there wasn't. <laughs> no, no such luck. It's okay, you know. Hey, it, free free is a good number. Hey, free the well's got to be full too, you know. That's right. Yeah. No. So it was okay, and um, and I had traveled years and years. I've traveled all over the world, and I had a collection. Um, and so I had my collection moving in and it was, it was honestly too messy. So my wife told me, you've got to clean up your mess. And I have to agree. My wife was right. I'm it's on national podcast. My wife was correct. It was a mess. I had to clean it up. So I'm Irish and I'm frugal. So I'm not going to drain it down the drain. I'm not going to pour it. So I started drinking it. And after a while, I, I know it just kind of tasted the same. There's a lot of stuff out there that has similar profiles. They're a little bit different. But there's no great differentiator. And I'm an engineer. I'm an inventor. I've got several other patents and in other industries. And the idea just hit me. It said, I can do better. And once I get that idea in my head, I don't stop. And so I, I literally went on the internet, researched everyone else's mash bills, bought samples from the different liquor stores. I bought test tubes and chemistry sets on Amazon and, uh, and just started mixing up my own batches at home. And I said, well, you know, why can't whiskey be like wine? Because wine is organic, right? And so you can have a bottle of wine and they say, this is a great vintage, but you can't drink it for two years because it's organic and it takes time to mature. But whiskey, as you know, or most everybody else's whiskey, once you put it in the bottle, that's the way it is forever. So I said, well, what if we put a charred oak stave in the bottle? And I started experimenting with that in different uh, proof levels, different kinds of wood. Tried think maple doesn't really add a lot of flavor, but American white oak obviously is chosen for a reason. It adds the most flavor. If you research the chemistry behind American white oak, which I think is kind of cool. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a geek at this stuff, but American white oak, all natural, has 140 chemicals in it. And three or four of those are fructoses, which are wood sugars. So as you know from cooking, if you like to eat, you char sugar, you get caramel. So that's where the, the caramel coloring and flavoring comes from, from using American white oak. But a fructose is a much longer chain molecule than sucrose or glucose. So it's much more complex of a flavor profile. So that's a good thing. And then um, the other resins in American white oak are phenolic acids, chemically. Sometimes they're called esters or aromatics or flavonoids in the trade. Well, those are precursor chemicals to making vanilla extract in the grocery store. So by charring an all natural piece of wood and putting it in the bottle, you get those same kinds of flavors. Now, the difference is when we do this and we put it in the bottle, what happens is obviously, you know, what the angel shares, right? So when you put any kind of a whiskey in a wooden barrel, that's organic. And as an organic compound, it, it breathes, right? And you know that it ages. That's how it ages. It breathes in and out. And that's how you flavor the whiskey over time. Similar to a double oaked is kind of what we do when we put the charred stick in the bottle. But the difference is with a double oaked whiskey, you take it from barrel number one, you Barrel number two is a spent barrel. Uh, again, I'm a simple guy. That means used, right? So I said, let's use a brand new piece of wood and put it in the, and see what happens. And with the different uh, proof levels and the different batches and different mixtures, we found a recipe that I liked. And I liked it so much, um, we decided to, uh, to go into business. Um, the side effect, which is actually really cool and was the added bonus, is that the charcoal actually makes it incredibly smooth. So our claim is really, it's probably the smoothest whiskey you'll ever taste. So we did that and I, I had some samples and uh, my best friend's Lieutenant Colonel Joe Baker, my partner, retired Marine Corps. So I called him up one day and said, Joe, I've got this idea for let's, let's start a bourbon company. He goes, I'm in. It's like, but you haven't heard how much it's going to cost. 
doesn't matter. I'm in. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, maybe we should meet and talk about it first. But um, really, it was a great thing because I'm the engineer, so I'm the, the one that invents this stuff, and, and he's the attorney. So he did all the legal filings. I call him the government whisperer, you know, <laughs> because, um, you know, we've never had a normal day uh, since we started because we started when we first started, we had the government shut down for a couple months. So TTB wasn't even issuing permits. We still managed to get permits and, and go into business and get everything organized in less than a year, which is light speed for some folks. Um, if you know anything about the business, it could take six months to nine months just to get the permit. So we did really well with that. And um, uh, he's been just, you know, a great partner, keeping us abreast of all the legal regulations and all the different states. As you know, every state is different and it's it's really difficult to navigate. Uh, there's no such thing as nationwide laws for spirits. Right. And, and so being a little guy and being the craft brand, it's incredibly difficult because, you know, you could spend easily hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars just on legal fees to make sure you do everything right before you even get going. So we came up with this idea for this bottle, as you can see, put the charred oak stick in it. It's just incredibly dark. I'll give you an example here, before and after. I don't know if you can see that, but that's the before and after in the test tubes. So we start with three to four-year-old bourbon already. So it's already well past straight bourbon and the stick darkens it up. Obviously it changes the complexity and the profile dramatically. But we also said too, that you can't just slap a label on a bottle right? Call it special. You've got to really do something special. So aside from the engineering, the chemistry, what we also decided to do is to honor our military. So as, as part of what we do, you can see there's all kinds of military symbols and Easter eggs on the label. But to me, the most important thing is on the bottom, it says 95 proof. And that, that symbolizes the fact that we donate 5% to military charities. So since we started, We've made a promise and on our website is a big stick spirits. We've got operation gratitude. So we don't create our own charity. There's enough out there, you know, and that's a whole nother world, a whole nother industry, but there are so many smaller charities that need our help. And um, we're, we're grateful to be able to donate to them. Coincidentally, 95 is a magic number because most of the ones that we picked, 95% of the proceeds donated to these charities go to the intended recipients as well. They have very low overhead. So it turns out to be a really, you know, it's good karma, I think, to have that kind of a number. That is awesome. And as someone, I'm, I'm on the board for Bourbon Charity. I totally get it. I do have the question, though. Sure. Is it 95? Would it have been 90 or would it have been 100? Where's the five? Is the five being taken off? Or is the five yeah, being added? Been 195 plus five, 100. Okay. okay. I, I mean, I'm slow sometimes. So I just, That's okay. <laughs> I wanted to make sure. So many questions about this whole process. I know you basically sure. in eight minutes went through coming a up lot. with a brand and everything. So you meet with him, you meet with your friend, and you go, right. All right, we want to start a brand. You knew you were going to be an NDP because you have this secret sauce that you're adding and, and you right. know you're just going to buy bourbon. Take me through it. Where did you go? Who did you call? I know that you're not listing what distillery you used. Oh, well, it's MGP. We buy okay. from MGP. Did you try yeah, we, different we, things first before you got sure. there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, if you go to the store, you can you can look and find out which distilleries produce what and the mash bills and the age statements. I mean, uh, you know, some younger bourbons taste better than older bourbons. Quite, I've tasted some six and eight-year-olds and I don't like them, you know? And so it, in my mind, it was very subjective, right? So I decided I wanted to do what I thought was right for me and I'm kind of hope and pray that the rest of the world likes what I did. You could run yourself in circles trying to figure out what everybody likes this week or next week. 
Oh, well, and everybody's palate is different and, you know, not everybody's the same, but I always just love the process of, okay, everybody sits around, you know, people are sitting around all the time drinking bourbon going like, oh yeah, I can do this better. I'm going to start a brand. And then you actually start doing it. So I love going through the process of like, okay, who did you call? Like, did you know people? Did you have to ask someone? Like, how did you eventually find it? Uh, MGP. I started cold and I started calling people and researching people on the internet. I called everybody, everybody in the industry, you name it, you know, from all the distilleries in Kentucky, Indiana, just all over contract bottlers. You know, a lot of, a lot of people like us start with contract bottlers. Um, and so we started out with, with bottling at, at citrus distillers in Jacksonville, Florida. Coincident, Joe was stationed at Naval air station, Jacksonville, Florida. So that kind of made sense because he could go over there and talk to them and you know or make arrangements and all the logistics yeah that's awesome so you tried through your whiskey which one of the mgps did you go with did you go with the high rye or the low rye so that's a, we're not going to tell you that's a secret it's it's four it, i'll tell you it is four grains it's multiple grains okay so, so it's we a have blend. Our own recipe it's our own recipe yeah oh that's awesome we didn't want to just buy somebody else's bourbon say it's special throw a label on it which you know a lot of people do and if they happen to have you know, a high rye or a low rye, the whole point is some people like high rye, some people like low rye, but you automatically limit yourself. So what I was hoping for is to try and make something that would appeal to a broad spectrum of people, right? And with the stick in there, once we put the stick in and seal the bottle, it doesn't age in the bottle because we can't say that legally, but it only ages when it's in the barrel, right? But what we can say is that it finishes or it continues to enhance the flavor while it's in the bottle. So we trademarked, you know, the angel share, like I was talking about. So we trademarked, we make the angels thirsty because when you seal it, you keep the angel share. And as you know, the angel share is the first thing to evaporate. And we consider that the finer flavor components. So we've had sommeliers taste this and they, they came up with, you know, 20 different flavors I've personally done hundreds of tastings at liquor stores and everybody, you're right, has a different palate. Everybody tells me something different. And so, you know, I was basically told, you know, don't lead the witness, let them taste whatever they like to taste. Oh, a hundred percent. The second you start saying what you get out of this, somebody goes, oh, it was something I wasn't sure what it was and like their their old factory sense was going to take them one way or the other. And you made the decision for them the second you open your mouth. And yet I don't want to do that. So I'm, I mean, I, I was very, you know, um, uh, deliberate about not telling people what's in it, because if you like it, buy it. Thank you very much. You know, and, and it certainly appeals to, I think, a broad range of people. We've had everybody, you know, say, oh, whiskey advocate. I really like what, what they said. The first word out of their review was decadent. So decadent can mean whatever you want it to mean, but it was very nice, which is okay. But I've had, like I said, people tell me 20 different things. The sommeliers said we get notes of dark fruit and they didn't say which ones. So that's great because we've been reviewed by uh, half a dozen people on the internet, Whiskey Wash, Dan the Bourbon Man, Whiskey Advocate. We did a show in uh, Wisconsin Whiskey Fest, had rave reviews there. You know, um, 91 points, ultimate beverage challenge. We got a silver medal in San Francisco, got a gold medal in Denver International Spirits Competition. Every place we've gone to, we've won some sort of award without fail. I love uh, 
the episode of Seinfeld with the ugly baby. And I'll just say, like, if you want to quote dad drinking bourbon, I'll just say this bourbon something. And then there you go. I'm, I'm kidding. So, I'm kidding. It's not. That's a, but that's that's uh, I always. So tell me, what do you think? What do you taste? Tell me what you taste. You got to be a fan of oak. I'll just tell you that. Like if, for, for people that my palate is going to and and that's the thing about this show right we're giving a description of the whiskey and at the end this i have this problem with reviews and and we do reviews right i guess but at the end of the day it's what does the bourbon taste like and let the people decide hey that sounds like something i like or something i don't like like zeke and i when we do a review show we begrudgingly say at the end Hey, buddy, would you buy it? Yeah, I'd buy it or not, right? Like, But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I'm going to buy it. It matters if you listen to our tasting notes and you exactly. sit there and go, that's right up my alley. And the magic of, of what we do is my palate is different than Zeke's. So we might have one whiskey where I'm like, this stuff's the best. And he's like, eh. Not so much. It's not my favorite, you know, but like that's nobody is the expert because we are all the expert of our own palate. And so a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, that's why we went to sommeliers to get another opinion. And, and so, um, you know, I'm, I'm very sensitive to that. It's like, try it. You like it, you buy it. What I will say is that it, it has very complex flavors because of the oak and because of the brand new oak. Um, it doesn't enhance it and change it substantially. I think without overpowering any one thing, I mean, when people come back and tell me that, you know, the different reviewers and I get 30 different oh, yeah. uh, you know, notes about everything from A to B to C to D. I mean, literally 30 different flavor profiles. That tells me it's complex and that's why I don't tell people what to taste. And I think for me, right, the first thing you're going to notice is oak. You're going to notice the oak is there and that's intentional. You put a big ass stick in the bottle like you want Hello. them to taste oak. It does not taste like a three to four year old whiskey. What I will say is other ones with sticks that I've had uh, or with staves in there. It's almost like an artificial sweetness. You're not going to get the artificial sweetness on this pour. What you will get, I do get some dark fruit and I get the oak is not a dry oak. That's the other designation that we really like to talk about when it comes to oak is that. Right, right. A dry oak, like Zeke and I can get behind a sweeter oak, but that dry oak, I hate when it just feels like all the moisture has been sucked out of your mouth when you sip a pour. Well, it can feel chemically in a way. Yeah. Kind of chemically. And there are there are some people, and I'm not disparaging any competitors, but as you know, if you live in the Tennessee, Kentucky region, you know there's a lot of people with patents now looking at artificial aging of whiskeys, where they'll even take a white whiskey, force, force feed it through some sort of charcoal filter type mechanism and make it look like a much darker whiskey and have a bourbon flavor, but it's not really a true, you know, um, what you would consider a bourbon. Legally, I guess, legally bourbon has to be made obviously from corn, right? Minimum 51% corn legally has to be made in America, has to be aged for a minimum of one day in an American charred white oak barrel to be called bourbon. To be called straight bourbon, it's two years, but to be called bourbon is 24 hours. And then the labeling requirements are also, you know, they're also kind of tricky researching the labeling requirements because I don't think, and, and I'm not the lawyer, so don't hold me to it, but I don't think they have to say on their label if it's been artificially aged or enhanced. Well, 
you, so you're completely underestimating how dorky and uh, insane bourbon fans are. So it doesn't have to say it on the label. It does have to say it on your TTB application. There are Instagram accounts that will post all of the TTB application and all that other stuff. So like really? we know, yeah, when you're at this point, when you're on a bourbon podcast and you're like talking to people that are on bourbon Instagram or Facebook or that's the 1%. Like those are the people that are okay. going to want to know what that four grain Mashville is. It's the people right. that are going to want to know like, Hey, when you put your staves in, cause I, I still haven't even got to all the questions about the staves, but yeah. So I got dark fruit on this. I got, I got Oak. It, it wasn't a dry Oak on it. Um, I just got bourbon in my eye. Don't want to do that. Yet. No, it's a waste of bourbon, <laughs> but you do get like, I almost get a little citrus in there too. Like a little bit of, um, lemon and lime, like a little bit of Sprite action. So it's good. It, it's a good pour. I think for, for people that, that like that oaky taste, but don't want it to feel, it's not artificial tasting. And that's the biggest thing for me. Like I can't even get you other notes right now. Cause I'm just like, holy shit. He figured out a way to do it. And now I have even more questions. So okay. let me get to the stave because I'm really curious about how all of this works. So did you try different staves, like shapes, cuts, sizes, like, how did you okay. end up on the oh, yeah. one that you did that, I mean, it goes up so tall, it's at the neck of the bottle. Right. So, so yes, I tried. And you can, you can go on amazon.com and look at all kinds of squares and spirals and yada, 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 right? You can figure out that that concept has been around a while. But what we did, and, and we like to joke around too, so I'm glad you got a sense of humor, but we say, you know, the size of the stick matters. And it really does. <laughs> And the reason the size of the stick matters is because the stick, the surface area ratio to this stick relative to the, the whiskey in the bottle is almost identical to what it would be if the whiskey was still in the 53-gallon barrel. So we actually calculated those ratios. So we say instead of putting the whiskey in the barrel, we put the barrel in the whiskey. And then what happens when you do this in, in the vertical orientation with the right amount of char, you get... I don't want to say accelerated aging because that's not really right. It's you get the enhancement of the flavor profile over a very short time of the finishing of the finishing. Yeah. <laughs> so Just making sure know. you're staying compliant. Staying compliant. Yeah. The finishing over a very short time. Right. And that's interesting, though, that you figured out the ratio of what the 53 gallon barrel would be like. And that's smart. That's an right. interesting because the funny thing is, is when we've had others that maybe tasted a little artificial, we hypothesized was the surface area too big on the stave. Like we were like, OK, because those staves are cut up a little bit even right. adding additional surface area. And we were like, I wonder if like a cube was the, you know, like maybe you just need a cube in the bottle. Maybe you don't need, sure. but yours are very, they're smooth. They're very straight. It so it's, um, so if you ever, see, you know, you've seen everybody in your podcast should know this. They've, they've seen whiskey barrels, right? Yeah. That wood is not the prettiest wood in the world. This is furniture grade wood. I'm, I'm also a carpenter. So this is literally, from the mill, furniture grade S4S, means sanded on all four sides to start with. Then we cut it down even more. Then we machine every single corner. There's no sharp edges. There's no splinters. It's hand, Every stick is handmade and charred. And so that's why literally every bottle we consider to be a craft bottle. 
because that's where the expense comes in uh, to do that. You know, that that's that's part of the process is making sure that everyone no blemishes, no um, knots in the wood or anything. It, you know, you bend it. it, it it's not going to break. If it breaks, we throw it out. We don't use it. I want to go back to your comparison to the wine and basically saying like wine has the vintage has a shelf life. Is there a point that you know this is going to be too oaky? And yeah, good, good question. So, yeah, thank you. No, it's a great question. So if you think about the normal barrel and, and you know, we've talked about this before, it's like some whiskeys, I think, taste better in the two to four year old range. Sometimes the eight or 10, I've even had some friends say 16 or 20 year olds can taste way too oaky. And if you think about that, that's because they continue to evaporate. Much of the angels share in the finer flavor components over five, 10 or 15 years can go away. And what you're left with sometimes is something that's very harsh and very dark, but not necessarily flavorful. It's It's got a few notes, but not a lot of notes, right? And so with this, obviously the stick is has a finite size and it has a finite amount of resin in it. We've even you know calculated the moisture content of the wood, you know, everything involved. So after a certain amount of time, and and my humble estimate would be, you know, six months or so after the bottling, it's it starts to deteriorate in terms of adding to the finishing, I guess you'd call it, because there's only so much resin to go around. Right. But because the bottle is sealed, again, you're not going to lose any of that added, you know, flavoring component from the finishing because the bottle is sealed. In a traditional barrel, it's going to continue to expand and contract over years and evaporate. So you won't get that with this. Have you thought about like putting a date on the bottle so people kind of know? Well, yeah, we have. We've talked about, um, you know, maybe next year starting with like, you know, 2023 vintage you know, to, to make it a little bit cooler. So you can get, you know, one bottle for every year. Next year, we're also looking at a, uh, like an entry level as well as a, a, like maybe 112 proof, 115 proof on the high end too, to give people more, people have said more variety. This year we did an experiment. It's in Texas only. We didn't have enough time with all the COVID and everything else going on still, but we released a rye whiskey and a rye with cinnamon here in Texas, limited edition. And it's a, it's one of the barrel select programs. So we've got that. Uh, out now it works tremendously with rye whiskey i can show you one here i doubt you'll ever see a rye whiskey this dark it is very dark so it's as dark as the bourbon and you may or may not like that but all i'm going to say is it's not a wimpy rye whiskey no the same thing it's just you know again i think but it just says rye whiskey you know so we've, we've got that so if you have friends in the Texas region, uh, you can grab a bottle of the rye or the rye with the cinnamon. And then with the cinnamon, you know, because we have a sense of humor, if one stick is good, two is better. So we actually put a cinnamon stick in the bottle. Oh, well. there you go. So it's not artificial sugar, flavor, color, any of that stuff. If God didn't make it, we don't put it in the bottle. Okay. The cinnamon, it took us forever to get the label approval because TTB kept on coming back saying with natural cinnamon flavoring. And we said, no, no, no. And we got rejected six times because we said it's a cinnamon stick. We finally had to find somebody because with COVID, they don't even, they're working remotely as well, even the government folks. So we had to find somebody, get them on the telephone and say, we're putting a cinnamon stick in the bottle. We're not adding artificial flavoring or any kind of you know, additives. And they said, oh, okay, now your label's approved. But it took months and months to get that, <laughs> just to get the word. It's a stick. We're putting a stick in the bottle. Oh, cinnamon flavoring. No, no, no. A cinnamon stick. That was like three or four months of arguing. Yeah. That's crazy. 
one of the questions I have, you know, so yes, I mean, the brand is Big Stick, and but Semper Fi is the umbrella. So do you think right. you'd ever do any bourbons or whiskeys that don't have sticks? And now that you've been in this space, obviously right. a man like yourself is going to think and want to tinker. So are there sure. other things that you've thought about? Because expanding the Semper Fi brand, you might have something else you want to tinker with and maybe change whiskey in a different way. Have you come up sure. with that yet? So yes, there are. We do have a lot of ideas. One of them in, uh, obviously involves building our own distillery. So we're considering doing that here in Texas, uh, building a distillery complex, possibly even with the wine arena brewery attached. So we're, we're taking a look at that. And then, um, so for what it's worth, we've trademarked Big Stick. So we've got Big Stick for Everything could be big stick rye, big stick whiskey, big stick bourbon, big stick rum, big stick tequila or mezcal, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, those are all obviously brand extensions at the, at the right time. And then um, and possibly doing some other things with maybe some joint ventures with some other folks. So maybe you could do some collabs where you put the stick in some other people's bourbon. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In fact, yeah, uh, it's a long shot, but we've made a proposal to one or two celebrities to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Like you said, it, the flavor and the tasting notes are so subjective, right? If we wanted to do this with a high rye bourbon, you know, with somebody else's, you know, a mash bill, then sure, why not? You know, I mean, it would obviously taste different. I think it would still taste better than your average high rye bourbon. You know, thankfully, we were awarded a U.S. patent on this design just recently. So we did get the patent on the design. So that's nice. That helps us. So we could license that to other people as well. But and we could use it for other other mash bills. Sure. So if you like a high rye whiskey with a little different flavor profile, then we could certainly, you know, talk to you about that. Sure. Or low rye or, or you know, 45 percent weeded bourbon. You know, it's all fair game. Right. Nice. We're just considering all options you know, that are on the table right now. Uh, expanding the brand. We started in in Texas alone and now we're in 10 states, including Washington, D.C. And through that, we found a lot of people which has been kind of nice because the military connection, and I'll, I'll tell you about Semper Fi in a minute, but the military connections, people started calling us. So I'm very grateful to that, you know, and they've referred us to not only to other charities, but to other strategic partners. Uh, we've actually got four mail order partners now listed on our website for mail order. So even though you're in 10 states, you can get to a lot of other states too. Right. Yeah. So um, roughly 42 states mail order. Oklahoma doesn't take it, but we are in Oklahoma for, for the retail stores. So we're technically covered for 42 states. We're too little to lobby Congress to change the laws for direct-to-consumer, you know, for all 50 states. That's going to, but I do think that direct-to-consumer is going to, gonna, you know, take off eventually, you know, where they can cover all 50 states. I think that's the future for this market, for especially for crafts. For all the craft brands, if you're not doing a million cases a month, you know, that's where you need to be. Well, and I think it was like it killed everyone during COVID. The liquor stores were doing great and they could deliver and they could do all this other stuff, but the distilleries couldn't deliver. They had their gift shop stuff and they had all yeah. those things that you get extra revenue. I mean, why does a distillery do a distillery release to get you in the damn distillery? So they want you to do a tour. They want you to buy their merch. There's stuff sure. that's going on when you're in there. And well, all the restaurants closed down. Yeah. We had just introduced our, our, our bourbon. I got my first sale at the first restaurant here in town two weeks before they closed the country down for COVID. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I prayed for all the people in the restaurants and, you know, it's just there's nothing you can do. And 
when the stores did open up back up, I had a fight to the nail to get in. I said, I'm the founder. I'm the owner. I'll do a tasting. We had to have the plastic shield. I had to wear a mask. I had to wear surgical gloves just to pour drinks. It was nuts. It was nuts. And trying to explain something to someone about your bourbon with, with the mask on was like puffing and puffing. It was, it was brutal. Now take your mask off. <laughs> take your mask off and take a sip of this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's what people would do. That's what people would do. I mean, we talked about where you might go in the future. We talked about everything else. The last thing I think I got to ask you is how much is this stuff? Because I've seen different prices online. I've seen a, a wide variety. You know, if I can give you a range, you know, 65 to $75. So 65 to 75, that's a good range. You can find it and then go ahead and find it online. The 10 states it's in, what are those 10 states again? So uh, New York, uh, Washington, D.C., Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Colorado, uh, New Mexico, California, uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, and... That's more than 10. Uh, yeah, but hopefully soon, hopefully soon, Minnesota. Um, Wisconsin, yeah, and min maybe Minnesota in the spring. And then we're still working on some of the southeast states like South Carolina, Georgia, North Carolina, possibly next year. Tennessee is a great state, I'm just telling you. No, I know, you know, I've, we've had friends call us from Tennessee and Kentucky and several people who are in the military who own liquor stores and shops on the distillery trail and want to work with us. And they said, what can I do? I'll help you sell your bourbon. And, uh, you know, getting distribution is still, you know, every state's different. It's just, there's only so many hours in the day, you know? So let me tell you about the Semper Fi. Okay. Yeah. Because that's, so the reason we called it Semper Fi, and this is, you know, on my hand on the Bible, this is where it came from. Joe's an attorney. He's my best friend. I've known him for, well, 30 plus years, his wife and my wife, been friends since sixth grade. And so um, he he met his wife that all three of them went to the University of Texas. And so my wife and his wife were sorority sisters. And that's how Joe met them through that. And then Joe graduated, went into uh, the Marine Corps, became an officer. Then they sent him to law school, became a lawyer. And so he's always been, you know, I mean, you know, the equivalent of Captain America, right? I mean, he's a Lieutenant Colonel, he's worked at the Pentagon for all the, the generals and the, the famous names you've heard about in the past. I mean, he's as straight-laced and as honest as you can possibly get. Having him as a partner, like I said, is, is, has been a blessing. He's never done a business. He's never been an entrepreneur. And so I was worried about having him as my partner, not because he's my friend, because you don't want to take your friend's money and then lose it, right? I mean, that, you know, and- No, I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of friendships that end when uh, yeah. things don't go right. And and he, he he's a lieutenant colonel. He's an artillery officer. He survived 9-11 at the Pentagon. He said, I'm in, I want to, I want to do this. And so it's awfully hard to say no to somebody like that. <laughs> you know, after all that military training, it's like, yes, sir. Okay. You're a partner, you know, but I really had to think about it and pray on it. And I was in church one day and I was, you know, I talked to my wife about this and, and, and she said, yeah, I mean, it, it's a risk because he doesn't know the rough and tumble of business. And so I prayed on it and, um, just instantly in my head, you know, this, this thought appeared and it said, call it Semperfy Brands and donate a portion to charity while I was in church. And so so that's where that came from. And then I called up Joe after I got home and he said, son of a gun, but he didn't use those words. He said, I should have thought about that because <laughs> he's the Marine. And so we, that's how we got up Semperfy Brands. For what it's worth, I haven't served. Um, I was an engineer. I traveled all over the world. I worked for aerospace research contractors. So I met all the aerospace designers, missile designers, uh, aircraft designers all around the world. Some of the most brilliant people you'll ever meet. And so I got to experience the, 
you know, the military industrial complex from close up. And it was a blast. It literally, literally and figuratively, it was a blast. It really was. That, I, I mean, saw some stuff that, that 40 years ago would still blow you away. Oh, that's crazy. So one of the things we did with Joe, and you talked about the pour, right? The internal pour spout, yep. right? So this bottle design, um, if you're a geek, the, the closure is GPI 33400. So it's not a wine 18 to 20 millimeter. It's not a 1.75, which is a 35 millimeter. This is an in-between size. It's relatively, you know, in the middle, 33 millimeter closure. It has to be that way to accept the width of the stick without additional machining. So we even had a design, get a custom bottle design, custom closure to accommodate that. But having done this and tested it, and uh, I said, well, we really don't need it. It'll, it'll kind of, it'll be okay. You turn the bottle over, the stick really isn't going to come out because of the design. The fact that it's so long, it'll just, it'll just twist and it really won't come out of the bottle, right? Unless you start to, you know, shake the heck out of it. I don't think it's going to come out. I mean, I tipped no. it over and... It won't, but Joe... Joe's a lawyer, you know, and he's a Marine. And he said, Mike, I know my Marines. We need to put the stopper in. I said, why, Joe? He says, because they'll try to pull the stick out and light it on fire. So, so that's why we did it. Because he says, I know my Marines. We're putting the stopper in. I said, okay, you can pull it out if you want. It doesn't make a difference. But so we really did that just as a precaution, you know, for, for product liability issues, really. Just, just, uh, just to make it harder for people to do that. Man. It, I mean, I tried, I did when I, part of it was like, and then when I looked at it's it, a challenge. Yeah. when I looked at it, I'm not going to lie. Cause I'm like, is the pour upside down? Am I supposed to take this thing out and then yeah. have it stick up? But like, then I looked at it and I'm like, oh, it's right. It's, it's the way that it's supposed to. So, so for the bartenders of the world, it's, it's a very, it's a very high end bottle. It's very thick. It's very strong. You can grab the neck. If you turn it straight over upside down, it pours just like the standard bar spout. Pour. Yeah. You got to just turn it all the way over straight upside down and it pours fantastically. I mean, it is definitely the mind of an engineer. My father-in-law is an engineer. He is going to listen to this. And I know that yeah. I deal with it all the time, the mind of an engineer. And you really did a good job uh, designing the bottle. I mean, even to the shape, I really just like the, the long and skinny. So the average bourbon bottle is short and fat. The standard whiskey bottle is about four inches in diameter, four to five, right? And so what happens is just think about light, light passing through an object. If it's a brown whiskey, the more the length of the light passing through four inches of brown is going to make it look darker on the other side versus two inches of brown. If you know, you know this, if you pour whiskey out of most of these bottles, especially the, the short you know, fatter ones, it looks lighter in the glass. That's, yep. that's because the light passing through it has more of a density of whiskey in the brown to get through. Well, ours is thin. It's thin for a number of reasons, but so much, mostly to match the profile of the stick, right? Also for the fact that um, if you think about all the symbolism, we go back to symbolism, but a Marine standing at attention, it's actually, it's an hourglass shape. It's not, there's no straight lines or squares on this. It looks like a military person standing at attention. So th that's all kinds of the details are subtle, but they're all in there. Uh, the figure on the bottle is Odin. He's the all father representing the warrior spirit and all of our troops. If you look real closely, he's holding the spear and my nephew's a seal. So the tip of the spear that references the seals, my father and my uncle served in the army. If you look even closer, he's holding the Captain America shield. Oh, wow. That's awesome. See the, all the Easter eggs, right? And Semper Fi is the company name, but it's also the motto for the Marine Corps, always faithful. The gold, the white, uh, the red and the blue, all those are exact 
Pantone color matches for the Marine Corps uniform. We actually oh, wow. looked them up online and had the printers duplicate the exact uh, uh, tones for all of the all the colors. Even on the back, on the label, as a tribute to all our, our Navy and Coast Guard friends, there's the ancient sailing ship on the bottle and the barcode in the back. I appreciate, and we talk about this all the time, Zeke and I do, like from a marketing standpoint, but I don't this it, this isn't a marketing thing as much as it's you guys paying homage to the people that serve exactly. and right. i always kind of think the devil's in the details and i look at brands and i see what they do and it's like there's just something about it that you know especially you're asking 70 bucks you want and then you look at it and you go okay if they paid this much attention to the label what did they do to the whiskey inside that's the way i look at it you know even even just the closure it looks simple but you ever seen a marine corps dress blue uniform they have the buttons it's almost the same size as the buttons on the dress blues we can't use the marine corps insignia obviously for copyright yeah but I can I can use you know even just as subtle as the cap on the top. It's almost the same size as the buttons on the uniform. That's awesome. That's what we tried to do. And if you're a military person, you're going to look at this. You may not know why, but you're going to like it. Something will hit you, even if it's uh, subconsciously. That's you know kind of what we're looking for. Well, my friend, you did an amazing job. You know, come on again. We want the updates when you do more stuff. And yeah, for sure. I will say I definitely liked it, and I was so surprised at just the engineering that went into it and the fact that it's like it does not taste artificially sweet i can't say that enough like and i I don't want that to sound like i'm knocking the brand like hey it doesn't taste artificially sweet but like i'm like holy shit this does not taste artificially sweet thank you well you're not you're not the first one and that's why i wanted to come on your show because a lot of people have seen this before they've tried it before and they say it's a gimmick and it's not a gimmick but but having uh, you know, been you know disappointed by other products in the past, maybe five or ten years ago. You know, even, even so, you know that's that's the road we face trying to get the brand out there. But so the more great folks like you we can talk to that say, you know, you are the expert in the business. I'm the engineer. I design things, right? But I admit this was my my first foray into the spirits business, and I knew that as a newbie, if I have to do this, I better be darn good at the engineering to even come close to other people that have been doing this for years and years and years. Yeah. We're happy you're here. And, uh, thank you very much. Go ahead and check thank out you. big stick bourbon. It, it's big, big stick, stick or big stick spirits, big stick spirits, You can go ahead and find us on Facebook at dad's drinking bourbon, Twitter, at bourbon dads, Instagram at dad's drinking bourbon. Please leave us an open and honest review. Just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey. We drink Mike, anything else you got? You know, if we get some distribution in Tennessee, I'll come up and see you and we'll have a glass together. By all means. Can't wait. Cheers. Thank you. Take care.